Today on the Lollygaggers podcast, we talk Ritz crackers, my dear friend Brian, and whether rolling back and forth in bed constitutes a sex scene. In this episode, Jeff watches Westworld, but not the one with all the violence and nudity and thoughtful consideration of transhumanism. This one's got James Brolin. Justin finds a movie plot he can get behind as big monster smash other monster in Godzilla vs. Megalon. Welcome to episode 69 plus one of the Lollygaggers <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's episode 70. Welcome to episode 70 Lollygaggers podcast. Show about all sorts of stupid challenges and stuff like that. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the super happy one, Justin. There you go. There you go. You happy? <laughs> that, that was for you. That was for you. Uh, so how you doing, buddy? You doing all right? You doing okay? You, Good. You... <laughs> I uh, experienced my first uh, football practice with snow. Okay. Um, I was eating snow from the sky like a five-year-old while uh, children were watching me thinking, this guy's an idiot. You're, you uh, shouldn't eat the snow. That's not... It was from the sky. No, it was on the ground. It was from no, the you sky. St- even, even so, you really shouldn't eat snow anymore, man. Like, there's there's so much stuff. Uh, but it tastes so good. I saw that like one day, because you're, you're in Denver, because my, my sister was, was texting about this, and she's also in Denver, and it was like 80-something one day, and then the next day it was snowing. It said in 12 hours, it dropped 63 degrees, which is like a, wow. a record. Wow. It was nuts. It's like. And I, I experienced that for the first time. And Jeffrey, I will tell you, it is not what I expected. So mm-hmm. this, this winter is going to be interesting. I look forward to uh, the first time you have to go through a blizzard. I really can't wait for that. That's going to be I'm going to just write you so letters great. like we're in like, the <laughs> Civil War. My, my dearest Jeffrey. <laughs> The, the snow has encapsulated my apartment <laughs> complex, and I have run out of Ritz crackers. Long have I waited to hear your voice. Okay. All right. Uh, so, speaking of bad transitions, uh, so we, uh, in episode 69, we did robots in the 2000s, and then... <laughs> Decided that with episode 69 plus one, uh, we're going to do <laughs> robots uh, in the 1970s. Uh, and so Justin assigned me, uh, it's, it's actually got some relevance to today, uh, Westworld. Uh, Westworld was, everyone knows it these days, is the HBO television I thought, show. I thought, you know, uh, I've given you a, a pile of horse shit like over <laughs> and over. I thought I should try right. something that might be good. Right. So, I've watched this gotcha. a long time ago. It's It's been a, it's been a while. I, I, I tried to watch it. At one point, when the television show was starting up again, but I, I, I don't know if I could find, I couldn't find anywhere streaming at the time, so I just sort of forgot about it. But, uh, but it's Westworld, 1973. Uh, Westworld would would probably surprise people, like the way the actual way in which Westworld, um, the origins of the story is a little bit kind of peculiar because uh, it, it was written and directed by Michael Crichton. So Michael Crichton, everyone I think these days knows most notably for the Jurassic Park series, right? But he's got plenty of other stuff as well. Um, but it was originally a screenplay turned into a movie and then a book was derived from it, which is usually inverted that like the actual order of the process of that, uh, kind of goes in a, in a different direction. Uh, so directed and written by Michael Crichton, it stars, uh, Yule Brenner as the gunslinger. And you can think of this as like, He's he's one of the robots. So the premise is still the same. Westworld is a uh, it is a theme park and is a theme park filled with robots where humans can go for very expensive, you know, for a very expensive series of days. I think it's like a thousand dollars a day, something like that to experience their whatever sort of role playing fantasy delights that they have. Now, there's three specific worlds in the movie. 
though it's called Westworld, and we focus the majority of the actions on in Westworld. There's Westworld, which is you know a Western themed. Uh, there's a there's like medieval world, which is kind of like a King Arthur ish type time, uh, bordering Renaissance era. Uh, and then there's like Roman world, which is like gladiatorial stuff and etc. Uh, we barely get any of that. We get probably most in Westworld and a little bit and uh, and in in medieval world. So Yul Brenner is, is is one of the robots that periodically recurs throughout and eventually becomes the face of the villain. Uh, and if you've ever seen the cover uh, for the movie, or if you've ever seen any images, you've likely seen Yul Brenner's face. It's the it's the face that's like partially robot. You can there's a few different ones. There's like the poster that's got the bottom half of his head is is kind of ripped away, and you can see like the mechanical stuff underneath it. There's also another one where it's just like a little slice on one side of his face. Uh, and he's got these weird eyes. So he's, he's the main villain, uh, but he's, he's doesn't really have any speaking parts, uh, but he's like the black hat who shows up from time to time, as you would expect in like a, a Western. Now, the other two main characters are played by James Brolin, who plays John Blaine, who is a returning guest to Westworld. And he's bringing his friend, Peter, uh, who's played by Richard Benjamin, and the two of them are the main focus. Like there are a couple other guests, and so we start the movie as they are on the train. Uh, that's or not train, uh, hovercraft uh, on their way uh, to the actual compound where these three these three uh, different resorts are. And there's a couple other guests that we follow as well. One of whom goes and uh, like there's a, a husband and wife couple. Uh, the husband goes to medieval world, and the the wife goes to Roman world. There's another man who goes with Peter and John uh, to Westworld as well, eventually becomes sheriffs there. He's kind of like a geek, a dork. He's got glasses and he's picked on a lot, but eventually he becomes sheriff and it's, you know, but he's just sort of a side character. There's really not a whole lot to him. Uh, now, Richard's char- Richard Benjamin's character, Peter, uh, was recently, I want to say divorced. Uh, him and his, I guess his wife uh, just went through some sort of something bad. And this is sort of John's way uh, it's, again, that's James Brolin's character, John's way of trying to help him out, help him get over whatever that is. Uh, he's also kind of a, a nervous man who doesn't really doesn't really like kind of take initiative, doesn't really seem to to be a very aggressive person about trying to get what he wants. Right. He's just resigned. He's willing to resign himself and not take a whole lot of chances. And he's also the newbie uh, to the resort. And so James Brolin's character is very suave and very, and, you know, he's not kind of, you know, not kind of surprised by anything. And he's trying to introduce him to him, getting Peter to lighten up a bit. So they go through the process. Like it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting, interesting pace to this movie. It's, it's very calm. Like it's a very calm pace. You know, I mean, we know obviously in 2019, what's essentially going to happen is that the robots are obviously going to go crazy. It's also in the description of the movie in the, in the movie itself. So, you know, it's going to happen, but everything's Sort of very, they, they play it slow and they play it calm, but it's not so slow that it's it's terrible. Um, they there's like interspersed with the various uh, orientation processes that these guests have to go through are uh, are different clips of workers uh, at the you know behind the scenes workers. Uh, the Anthony Hopkins uh, characters, for instance, uh, were were setting up the various stories. There's the usual, like the really cliche Star Trek lights. You see a lot of these big consoles with different light bulbs that are have different, you know, different patterns that you don't really know if they make any sense. Uh, and so you see a lot of that. And apparently you learn slowly over time, over the first probably half an hour or so, that something's been going wrong, that there's been some kind of virus. They don't really call it that, really. They call it like a sickness. And they were like, 
no computer system can have a sickness. So I guess computer viruses weren't a thing in 1973 yet, but uh, for us, they're just par for the course. Uh, so there is a virus that seems to be permeating throughout all three of the resorts. Some of them, some of the, the people working think they've gotten it a whole, you know, gotten a hold of it, but it seems to be getting worse and worse where there's the potential for something to go wrong. There's discussion at various points in the movie of maybe shutting things down and people say no and no until it's too late, right? Until it's too late to the point where all the electronic systems basically in the park stop working and these even the people that are behind the scenes get caught in uh, and get in they're like left in these hermetically sealed rooms and so they suffocate because they can't get out because of all these different computer systems meanwhile the guests in the resort have to deal with the increasingly erratic and eventually kind of violent and violently rampaging uh robots that they're that they're now contending with so the guy in the medieval world for instance he is he's kind of creepy because he's basically trying to sexually harass, you know, like the, uh, like a, like a serving wench and stuff and kind of flirting with the queen. And there's like this black knight that's sort of standing in the way and being increasingly aggressive and bullying until the point where they actually duel. And the guy doesn't realize the, the human doesn't realize that everything's gone bad and he gets killed. He gets flat out killed by the black knight. Uh, in Roman, in the Roman world, we don't really see a whole lot except for like this after effect where everyone's just slaughtered on the ground. Cause all of like the Roman gladiators or whatever, uh, had gotten loose. Uh, but the majority of the the in-resort action takes place in Westworld and follows both John and Peter. Uh, now, their first days there go go by particularly smoothly. Uh, there's a little bit of little bit of whoring, a little bit of drinking, uh, a little bit of gunfighting, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, at a certain point, uh, I think more than once, uh, Yul Brenner's gunslinger and, and Richard Benjamin's Peter have encounters. Uh, Peter tends to be successful in those encounters. Uh, the gunslinger gets repaired and brought back in, and then he tracks down Richard Benjamin after the first time Peter Martin or Peter uh, shoots him down and like attacks them in their in their room and uh, in the hotel. But then again, Peter is able to take him down. There's this interesting system with guns where they they use like body heat to determine whether or not the gun will will trigger. So if like they, they, you know, if you point a gun at somebody who's got a body temperature that's not cold, uh, it won't fire. Uh, and so that's why, you know, when you point a gun at a human, it's not going to shoot. And there's all sorts of safeguards and stuff so that when the uh, when the various uh, when the various robots start shooting the guns too, like they'll fire, but they won't get anywhere close to hitting that kind of stuff. So. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, eventually bad stuff starts to get, starts to happen. At one point, James Brolin gets bit by a robot snake and that's not supposed to happen. And that freaks out all the people behind the scenes. It freaks John Blaine out a little bit more, but not that bad. They get into this pretty comical, uh, bar brawl at one point. And then, uh, when they were walking across the street, uh, at one point, here comes Yul Brenner for the third time. And this time, even though Peter was the the one to to take him out the first two times, John's like, no, nah, let me do it this time. And so they go and they do their like showdown. They pull their guns and they shoot. And this time, because the safeguards and the systems have been affected by this permeating virus, uh, the gun goes off properly and John gets shot. Not once, but twice, uh, maybe even three times and dies right there. And then Peter starts running. And then the next half an hour is basically the gunslinger chasing Peter all throughout the the wild frontier of the West until he finds a way into the, the kind of the behind the scenes, uh, like the, like the employee only areas. And then eventually into 
the medieval area where uh, the whole time the gunslinger keeps following him. Uh, he tries to shoot him. That doesn't work. He tries to pour acid on him. That doesn't work. He tries to set him on fire. That finally actually does work. Uh, and then the once, you know, once the gunslinger's dead, it's just Peter. Everyone is, else is dead. Robots and humans alike are all dead. And that's how the, that's how the movie ends. So overall, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, you know, it, the pace is, when you think about what we have in the West world and how, how dark it can get, like there's definitely undertones of that in the movie. Um, but I, I also think that it's still 1973. I don't think certain elements were, they're willing they were willing to explore the way in which HBO is giving the creators license to explore on the television show. So you're not going to get the exact same thing. Uh, they definitely ease up on the sexuality uh, HBO is just love showing all everything, L- quite literally everything. Whereas they love showing wieners, they do. Uh, and and I don't really care one or the other, but it's just to get people, you know, people prepared. Like you don't have to deal with any of that. Uh, like there's a couple moments of sex. Yeah, they do some horn, but it's all, you know, it's all just people rolling around in a bed. Like I'm gonna roll this way, and then I'm gonna roll this way because that's how people have sex. They roll over, and then they roll again over, and then they roll over, and then they roll again over, and then you know a baby's made. Uh, so the violence too is not, is not gory. Uh, there's a couple gunshots. There's a couple stabs, but none of it's, you know, none of it's overwhelming. Uh, the story's story's good. Um, I don't think we really get a whole lot of character development outside of Peter. Uh, Peter is really the only one who goes and undergoes some kind of change. Only real person that we get any sort of background about, uh, only one we probably care about and which makes sense because he ends up being kind of the hero even though everyone else is dead. Uh, but overall, I think it was a solid film. Uh, I think that it's not great. Uh, it's definitely not a movie that I would put in some sort of revered classical territory. And had HBO not reinvigorated the concept, the the, the IP, by by doing the television show, honestly, I felt like it, it, it probably would feel fine being, you know, if being forgotten. I don't think it did anything remarkably well. Uh, the CGI, the, the various robotic effects, all of them, you know, the makeup and stuff was good. Not great, but good. Uh, it's 1973, so we're a couple of years away from, like, Star Wars and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say that, like, it's immensely groundbreaking, but it also didn't, it also wasn't so bad that it broke, you know, it kind of broke my immersion either. Um, I, I think that we are spoiled with what we have on HBO these days. Uh, and so it's it's hard to evaluate the film outside of that context right um but i think it's it's an interesting view it's not very long it's about an hour and a half long uh, so it's pretty quick but the pace is kind of methodical so what'd you think of it um i thought it was pretty good like you did say though there is moments like the end of the movie where he's kind of walking around the dungeon and stuff and just the end of the movie is just him just laying on stairs and that's it you know it's kind of like yeah that's that's it there's no like talking there's nothing yeah, very little conversation and it's for a long time too like yeah. like james brolin's character john gets shot and i think we have like one conversation after that as peter encounters a worker who is trying to get like a golf cart running out in the middle of the desert uh then the gunslinger comes by and kill him other than that it's very silent and action-oriented which on the one hand is kind of interesting but on the other hand 
since there really wasn't a whole lot of character development before this, it feels like if you're looking for to really kind of root and get interested in characters, the way in which we can with Westworld with some of the characters in the, the television show, you know, it's not really here. Then again, the canvas that they have with the television show is far bigger, far wider than an hour and a half movie. So it is also interesting kind of seeing source material mixed with, you know, what we have now. Yeah. Seeing where they kind of like, because Peter's the main character in the TV show, right? And it's just uh, interesting. It's not I think quite it's the same. It's it's, yeah, it's not like, an eagle. It's the yeah. same. That's the person, and like you, you kind of get where they kind of twisted it from because in the TV show it was a guy who had gone there before who brought Peter um, because he was marrying his sister. It was kind of like a bachelor party thing, and so it's just like interesting how they kind of like turn it. It's cool, kind of saying how they adjusted the movie for, or the TV show from the movie. Right. Um, but, um. I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not perfect. Uh, it's not. It's not like a perfect transition. But no, I, I mean, you can see. How it makes sense. And like the people behind the scenes in the movie are nameless, really. Like, I don't think any of them get any character, you know, any names, but they're kind of just there and they have various meetings and have various worried faces, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was solid. Like, I, I would say if you're a fan of the TV show, go watch it. Uh, if you're not a fan of the TV show, I don't think you're missing anything by not watching this. All right, so you ready for your questions then? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It's been, I, I, to be fair, it's like two weeks ago that I watched it. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I will say the same thing about mine. Okay. And, uh, well, I mean, yours is way simpler. <laughs> it, no, no, it's super complicated. Okay. Anyway, so uh, first question is, and you guys just got this one right, it was how much yeah. was the cost per day at Westworld? Nice. And it's dollars a day. You cool. Get that one. Um, so what part did they first notice a lot of, of the central malfunctions that's spread amongst the, the robots like a disease. So what world did they find them in first? I think it was the Roman world. I yeah, yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, since you mentioned it, it's kind of like uh, there's a link to Jurassic Park. Yeah. Looking back on it, now, it's like, yeah, this is just Jurassic Park with, with robot humans. I, I, was, I was remarking, I'm like, man, did Michael Crichton just have like really bad experiences at theme parks growing up? Is that just why? Is that <laughs> Disney World was on? awful. Yeah. Or like his time at Chuck E. Cheese was terrible. Um, <laughs> So what events occurs to James Brolin? I, you said this one. What event occurs to James Brolin that starts to indicate that there's a bigger problem? He, he gets bit by the rattlesnake, the robotic rattlesnake. Yeah. yeah. He's like, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, it's not supposed to happen. Um, uh, so you have three there. What was the best hair facial combo in the entire movie? Because this is pure mid-70s. And there's some great combos. But there's probably one that sticks out the most. So what do you think is probably the best facial hair or hair combo in the entire movie. So one of the one of the dudes in the in the bar fight had these big old mutton chops that I in like the mustache that I always like. So I mean by default I always go mutton chops mustache. Uh, I thought that the I think the Black Knight guy had a pretty interesting mustache going on too, like this handlebar mustache thing. So what were you thinking? Um, a lot of the, I'll have to say um, it's wrong because <laughs> okay. the, that's, there was. Two uh, uh, African American helpers inside the uh, the the like laboratory and stuff that had just like clean, super clean face, but just the most beautiful afros I've seen in a long time. I mean, okay. they were they were pristine. Sure, it just screamed the seventies, and it was great. So uh, I had to give it to them. Okay, fair all right. Uh, so is that one? Um, last question: How does uh, Yul Brenner freaking see? I don't understand uh, like how, how is that the, the vision that they give that robot? How yeah. is that improving vision at all? It's so, some sort of like, a freaking thing? it's some sort of like 
it's it's like half infrared, half like predator vision, right? Like, isn't that kind of what's going yeah, on like, there? Like pixelation, but it's it, so yeah, and it's bad. It's how could someone ever see that? And how like, can he ever be so him? accurate with his firing with such just unreliable vision? He's just looking at boxes. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's not. How really good. Do, so my question to you, Jeffrey, is how does he see a freaking thing? So. Um. Well, I mean, how does he? I, I don't think he does. I think he just sort of does the mathematical calculations in his head, uh, and that's how he. Fires I'll say, it. I'll say, because robot now because robot, yeah, because robot, robot. Um, um. Plus, the way they did his eyes were really cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Had like this, this cool like um a contact that was metallic. Yeah, they, put over they like them. it had like a had a shininess to them, and in a way that yeah, they almost like yeah. copper. Which yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I agree. So I believe you got yourself uh, four to five on that one. Nice. You didn't pick the proper hair combo. So well, hey, what are you gonna do? Yep. Pause real quick. I'm always have to talk out. Okay. All right, Justin. So, uh, what was your challenge for this week? So you gave me the. Um, Extremely complicated and uh, thinker movie, uh, Godzilla versus Megalodon. You're Megalodon. damn right, I did. Me- Megalodon, yeah. and <laughs> it's for the, it's a giant the shark. Only Godzilla. Yeah, well, the only movie you've ever, I've, I've the only Godzilla movie I've ever seen has been through watching SD3K. That's literally it. So, like, I'll only I've only watched those like uh, Toro movies if it's Mystery Science Theater 3000, and so, they do a great job. That, when I was young. Uh, when I was like really young, I had a neighbor and I don't even really remember a whole lot about him, but I remember like for like two years, he was a neighbor when I was like six and seven and he had a TV in his room. His name was Brian. That's all I remember. And I would go and hang out and we would hang out and like, we were super close. He moved. And then like, yeah, then I got other friends. Uh, but, uh, one of the things I always remember that I, I would watch movies on his, he had like a little tiny, like eight inch television, like a black and white television, stuff like that. And his dad, I think ran a, I can't remember if it was a radio shack or if he ran like a video store. So like he had like a, he had it all hooked up to like a, like a VCR and stuff. And so that was super exciting back then. And we watched all sorts of movies. It's the first, so that was, that was where I first watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail, for instance, like that was. That was one of the first times I saw that. Uh, that was uh, I watched some of the Jaws movies uh, on that, and uh, I watched a, a bunch of Godzilla movies, uh, all the nineteen seventies Godzilla movies that we could get our hands on. We watched one of those, including this one, uh, because I got old Jet Jaguar. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. So uh, I also think you assigned this to me just to see if I could say the names. So <laughs> it's directed and written by uh, Jun Fukuda. I think it's pretty good. It stars. I think what you need to do, this is what you need to do. You just need to commit. You just say it. And even if it's wrong, who cares? No one's, no one's going to know. No one's okay. really going to know because no one Those listens to the podcast. So it's really, <laughs> there's that Those too. Those guys are probably super there's that too. Just commit to it. Just commit to it. And it's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So it stars Kat, God damn it. Katsushihiko. Oh, that's bad. Sasaki. <laughs> you and- are an embarrassment. <laughs> Hiroyuki, oh Kawasi, and Yutaka oh, Hayashi. This is so bad. So, anyways, uh, so basically, uh, it is a Godzilla movie. Um, so it, there is not much of a plot, but uh, hey, hey, so hey, hey, real hey, quick. Hey, there's, there's there's no reason to be like that. There's 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 a plot. There's a plot. 
Listen, was there a really big plot to Megalodon? Yeah, or, the, I mean, or the Meg? It's no, the classic it entertaining. nuclear weapons, bad things, big monsters, fight. Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, been subterranean nuclear testing they've been doing in Japan. So an undersea nation known as Seatopia uh, that is uh, run by a couple of Americans that I think needed work and have weird tattoos that are strange. They're like, you. You're, you look American. Why don't you come do this for us? It's very strange. Um, and they basically set like a, a, a revenge to fight against the surface dwellers because they've been blowing up stuff under, underground. It's kind of like ruining like their way of life. So they send Megalon up to fight and destroy the surface dwellers. And so there's this guy called Goro. He's an inventor. He invented a robot. Okay. And out of nowhere, he also has like a, a best friend. He has a child, his little boy, who kind of looks like the kid from Speed Racer. And uh, he has a friend who drives race cars because that's what happens. So his friend who drives race cars is visiting and, is, you know, meeting with the kid. And while they're visiting, a couple of bad guys show up and like beat him up because the inventor has invented this giant robot, like a human sized robot named Jet Jaguar, who is this like, Kind of looks like um, I forget the name of the guy. Like there's like a there's like a sp- specific like Japanese like superhero that's like a uh, he he's like a a ninja that gets really really big. He kind of looks like that where he's like blue and yellow and red, and he's got silver on him. So he kind of looks like that that character. I forget the name of him. It sounds like Jet Jaguar. That's that's what you sound like you're describing. Yeah, it's definitely Jet Jaguar. I think it's Jet Jaguar. Uh, I think that's who you're referring to. Everyone knows Jet Jaguar. Uh, so. He has his robot, and it's, like, super smart and powerful, and these bad people want to steal him. Now, it is very confusing to me as to why this all happens, because nothing comes from it. Um, Because they beat up this man and his child and the race car driver and steal Jet Jaguar and take control of him. But then Jet Jaguar gets, like, self-aware and goes off on his own. So, like, the whole point of that really didn't make any sense to me. Like, at all? Like, what was the whole point of these people coming to get Jet Jaguar? Anyways, I guess it was to chew up maybe 30 minutes of movie time before these giant monsters beat each they other needed, up. And, they uh, needed Jet Jaguar to go get Godzilla. Yeah. So, Jet Jaguar becomes self-aware when Megalon shows up and starts blowing up Tokyo and, you know, doing his whole kaiju thing where, like, he's this guy in the suit. And the Megalon suit isn't terribly impressive, I think it's better than the second suit that shows up, but we'll get there. Um, but he's just like he's like a moth beetle creature that shoots fireball grenades from his mouth and has drill hands. And uh, as a man who has spent a lot of his childhood watching Power Rangers, I've seen many uh, like this, um, and it wasn't terribly as you know impressive from what I've seen in the past. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, so. Megalon shows up and Jet Jaguar says, I got to get Godzilla to help us. So he goes and gets Godzilla and he shows with like sign language to Godzilla. Hey, we need your help. Now, why does Godzilla understand this? Anyways, so Jet Jaguar (laughs) gets Godzilla to come chase him to go save Japan for Megalon. And and it's in the same way uh, as he comes back, Jet Jaguar gets really, really big and he fights Megalon all by himself. Well, he's doing a good job. So, Zootopia sends another monster 
and his name is Gigan to go fight a jet jaguar. So it's a 2v1, and he's really outnumbered. He's getting his butt whipped by these two kaiju. And so as this happens, uh, Godzilla shows up, and then 30 minutes of fights happen. And that's pretty much the whole movie. At the end, um, uh, Jet Jaguar grabs the, some, there's some great moments of fighting where Jet Jaguar grabs one of them like in a, like in a power lock from behind. And then Godzilla does like a flying drop kick from across the, like the ravine. And it looks ridiculous, but it's like, you know, it's great. It's cause it's Godzilla. Um, lots of Godzilla breath. And eventually the two kaiju run away. Um, and they go back down to the subterranean world and, uh, Godzilla goes away and they're like, Oh, thank you so much. And, uh, then jet Jaguar gets really small again and they can talk to him again, but he's kind of self-aware and he's his own person. And that's the end of the movie. Super complicated. <clears throat> it's a big thinker. Um, but what it all just comes down to is just, um, uh, big, uh, guys in suits fighting each other in small little cities. So. What do I think of it? Um, it's a Godzilla movie. It's it's tough for me because I never really was into these movies like at all. And like you said earlier with Westworld, we're super spoiled with like your uh, what's the one with the the J.J. Abrams movie Cloverfield. Cloverfield. Yeah, Cloverfield. Yeah. You got the you know the current Godzilla movies. <clears throat> well, the most recent, that. the Planet of the Monsters. Uh... I heard that wasn't great. I didn't ever go see yeah, it. Yeah, but like you're just you're spoiled by special effects. Sure, sure. I like the nostalgia of guys in suits. Yes, I, but, you know, compared to Westworld, like I think Westworld, I mean, Westworld, I think it's a solid movie on its own. It's not great. It's solid, but it's uh, like there's no nostalgia to it for me. And I don't think the story is all that complex, especially when we see what we have now. However, I do think that these Godzilla movies have that nostalgic feel to them. And I also think more to the point, they have kind of like so bad, they're good kind of feeling to me. You know, like there's some of those movies that are just so kind of cheesy that you can kind of enjoy them. And honestly, like you're saying, the plots sure. aren't that complicated. You don't have to really think too hard. It's just really kind of like goofing out at the, at these different things. And honestly, these, you know, special effects had to start somewhere and not everybody has a big ass budget. So, you know, you do what you can, yeah. you know, and I get that. And, but for me, I guess like a, a big thing about it is like I watched Power Rangers when I was a kid and this is the type that that was like my Godzilla because that was Power Rangers. They were in big suits and they fought each other in cities or in like open areas and they destroyed stuff. And so I guess like when you compare to that, it, to me it just feels like another Power Rangers movie just longer. And so it's just kind of it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird thing for me I guess because of, of my background. Just I never watched like I said the only time I ever watched Godzilla is when I watched you know two robots and a guy making fun of it on a sci-fi channel you know so that's like the only time I ever watched it and that honestly makes it so much better those like riff tracks that they would do were just so good so like I don't know it's not a bad movie I don't think you can ever say any Godzilla movies are really that bad they're silly. And, you know, you look back on it and they're nostalgic. It's just they never were really my, they were never really my scene, I guess. They were never my thing. But um, a few little trivia things. There's not a lot. Um, it sold less than a million tickets over in Asia, over in Japan and stuff. Um, people didn't really like it over there. But then they kind of retooled the marketing and they did some savvy stuff. 
And then it, it sold like gangbusters over in America when they brought it over to America. And then the other thing was it was never supposed to have Godzilla in it. It was just supposed to be a Jet Jaguar movie. But they were like, well, no one's just going to see a Jet Jaguar movie. Let's throw in Godzilla and put a little 2v2 like a uh, tag team action going on. Like they're fighting off the ropes type of thing. So that's why they put in the whole Godzilla thing. So that's the, the whole trivia thing. But as a whole, like it's Godzilla. Like, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be super critical by a 1970s movie that's just about guys in suits beating each other up. There's fun parts about it, um, and uh, there's really nostalgic, silly parts about it that make me kind of laugh. So that's all I can really say about it. So yeah, yeah, totally. I, I think it's fair. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and tell, tell you that these are great movies. They're not. Like, they're not great movies, uh, but they're fun. And if you go into the right mindset or if you're of a certain age or have a certain disposition to liking these types of silly movies, or if like me, you have like memories of as a kid watching them, like you can, I think you can get something from them. I don't think they're like, I, they're not cringeworthy. You know, like there's movies that we've watched from like the two thousands or from the nineties something like that, where we watch them now. And it's not the special effects or the complexity of storylines that kind of hold them back, but it's just like the sensibilities are so cringy. These movies have nothing like that. Like we, it's, it's like, yeah, the special effects aren't going to look very great. The story's not too complicated, but I can still watch it. I can still sort of enjoy it. I can still just kind of laugh at it. And you know, nostalgia. You can like watch it with like with anybody. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's good for kids and stuff. It's just like, just guys in suits. Yeah. So I, I, I recommend them. But like my yeah. my wife, she she was watching. And goes, is that all this is? Because she's never really seen. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's all. That's yeah, all it is. That's, that's, yeah, what that's this pretty is. much all it is. Yeah, it's pretty it's awesome. Guy, it's just a guy in a suit screaming real yeah, loud, yeah. and with other guys in suits screaming loud. It's pretty much all it is. Yeah, it's great. All right, Justin, you ready for your uh, your old quiz questions? I guess so. Okay, it's it's really interesting how throughout the course of your review, you mentioned a few reasons, a few theories for why I assigned you this, and. That's great because I actually, the very first question is, Justin, why did I give you this movie to watch? And I'm going to tell you that the answers that you have given thus far are incorrect, but I'm not going to call you incorrect just yet. I'm going to give you a, one more chance here to get it right. So You were really you close. You were really close to stumbling oh, upon it, actually, okay. during your review. Really um, close. Is it because the character reminds you of Speed, one of the characters reminds you of Speed Racer? Oh my gosh! No, I'm sorry, but you were you were you were definitely on the right track. It's because you're you're so close. It's that plus one other little ingredient you had before. It's so close. It's because you've uh, you've always told me how much you like Power Rangers, and I hated Power Rangers so much. (laughs) And there's something about Jet Jaguar that reminds me of Power Rangers. Exactly, like it just reminds me. This is a hundred percent stupid a Power Rangers movie. Yeah, yeah, very much. So that's why. Uh, Question number two. What two vanished continents does Goro reference when he's talking about the dangers of nuclear testing? There's really not a whole um, lot of quiz questions, by the way, you can ask for this movie. Really not. There's, <laughs> really there's not, not much. There's not, not much a whole lot. Either. So there's only like maybe like like two scenes where there's anything of substance. And so those are the two scenes of quizzing you on right now. So go ahead. Is one of them the Philippines? Is that your final Philippines answer? Philippines okay. and... Hmm... Uh, I'm going to say all I can think of is Philippines. That is incorrect. Philippines. Yeah. That is incorrect, my friend. It is uh, it is Mu in Lemuria. Sorry. Yeah, well, there's no, there's no yeah. way. There's no way. Uh, so uh, now this, uh, this next question is a potential two-parter. There is a one-part answer that's just the correct answer, and then there's a bonus little extra credit you can get 
if you get the kind of fun answer that goes on top of it. So the question is, is how do Jet Jaguar and Godzilla communicate? Um, it's, uh, well, it's almost like they're doing a uh, Madonna Vogue at each other pretty much. And they do like peace signs. It's like some sign language stuff. So like, they like, I guess they dance fight communicate with each other okay so the, Pluto so the correct answer is sign language which you got excellent and you know what justin even though you didn't say the exact extra credit answer i was looking for i'm gonna give it to you because the madonna in vogue stuff is pretty damn close i was going <laughs> i was going mock arena you went madonna but it's basically the same times, idea yeah. there's times where judge jaguar is like <laughs> so that's a Man, that's a two-point like, answer for you buddy Very oh nice. my gosh. all right next next question uh who wore, quote, leader of an underwater civilization better, Aquaman or the Lord of Cetopia? Uh, Lord of Cetopia had some pretty cool stuff going. First off, wearing a toga. Um, and like I said, inexplicable tattoos um, that just looked awful. Um, very hairy as well, um, like on the shoulders and chest. Um, and then you got Jason Momoa, who is just a, a god of a man uh, draped in Samoan uh, legacies, you know, so it's, it's kind of tough. So I'm going to have to say Harry White Guy. So Harry White Guy is my final answer. Justin, I'm going to have to give you a partial credit. You got the, got the correct answer, but your explanation was lacking. Because, yes, of course, uh, it's it's Lord of Cetopia for sure, but the reasoning is more because Aquaman's not really the leader of an underwater civilization when we when we watch it in the movie. He kind of becomes it at the end, but not really. You know, not yeah, this really. Guy, this guy's the leader. This guy's true leader. He's just true leader. So yeah. it was it was sort of a trick question. I'm gonna give him give half credit. All right, final question, Justin. So, uh, do you think the smoke monster lives on Monster Island? Well, then if he's a smoke monster, well, if the smoke monster's there, wouldn't there also have to be like the light side there or at least a polar bear? So I'm not sure. I don't know. All you had to do, all you had to do is say yes. Like, I don't understand this. The first, the Christopher Walken thing last episode. <laughs> and now I just, I just I'm giving you, I'm giving, oh my God. Just, Here you go. Does anybody want to be a new podcast host for me? Like, seriously? <laughs> all right, Justin. Yeah. I mean, I had you set up to get a good, a good grade on this, but unfortunately, Fortunately, it didn't. Uh, it was a very complex zero, story. I can see why, zero, why I messed up. Two, half. So two and a half out of five is your That's final answer. I feel so like who would have thought that? I feel like you could have gotten more than that, though. Who would have thought that some of the highest scoring uh, movie <laughs> that would be a Godzilla Power Rangers esque movie? Who would have thought? All right, Justin. Uh, it's time to roll for the new subjects for uh, for next squeeze. week's episode. All right, so. Here we go. The uh, the rolling is happening live. The choices we have. We have Ghosts from the 1970s. The very promising start. Uh, we have Saturday Night Live from the 2000s. I don't know about that. And then we have Westerns from the 80s. Not a particularly good decade for Westerns. So that could be kind of fun. I, th- I feel like we're just going to be watching like Young Guns. Oh, uh, then it is a good start. <laughs> it's a good start for... I definitely, hmm. like, uh, I definitely like Ghosts from the 70s. I'm I'm a fan of that one. Yeah, but we did just watch 70s. 
So what were the other two? Uh, Saturday decades? Night Live from the 2000s. It would probably be like a bunch of 2000s. I'd like to do an 80s. I'd like, I'd like to do Westerns. Okay, 1980s Westerns. All right, 1980s Westerns it is. All right, everybody. So that is it for this episode. Uh, if you uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, you can catch us up on Twitter. I'm at Lollygagger Co. Justin's at Buys Justin. Uh, you can also just find us uh, by going to our website at thelollygaggers.com, where you can also find links to our Twitters uh, and various other social media. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, give us some ideas for other categories we might want to add to our little round, you know, our little roulette wheel, uh, so to speak. Uh, now, Justin, I have uh, I have a little final final question for you. You ready, sir? Absolutely. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> Justin, if you were to design a completely original monster to fight Godzilla, what would it be? And what would you call it? You see, this is a very interesting question because it almost seems like a hodgepodge of things they just slapped together to create some of these monsters. So, his name would be uh, Porkmadon, right? He'd right. be a giant, a giant pigman, yes. right? A giant, and he would, I can see he would this. have a a tail that could shoot out like a rocket in a spiral, It'd like spin, like spin, and then shoot out like a rocket and shoot him, and then it would come right back. Right, to, right back to his butt. Like a boomerang. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then his, he, he would oink real loud, and then lasers would come out of his two front nostrils. Why not? Yeah. Big old, big old belly. Big old belly. Like what other pink. kind of belly can you have for a pig? Right. You know? <laughs> he's pink. Right? He's pink. Mm-hmm. And um, razor sharp spines on his back, and he, he would be pork on. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Copyright 2019. All I got podcast.